Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. Quick fire and drags it down now. Long way out. Oh, what a goal! What a goal! Here comes up, chance goal! Scotland have scored! It's a It's Dykes! It's Welcome to the Hand and Roar podcast. What an immensely exciting yet nerve-wracking half an hour we had yesterday afternoon. Scotland's group stage at Euro 2024 is confirmed and we're opening the tournament against the hosts Germany, followed by Switzerland and Hungary. There's a bit of glamour, there's challenges, there's hope and I dare say among a number of us a bit of expectation, which is quite right, to be honest, given the way that we played in the qualification campaign. Joining me tonight is Gordon Shear from the Tartan Scarf Scotland fan account. And I suppose it's the time of year for little helpers. So James Scott, who contributes to Gordon's site now and again, has come along for a hand and roar debut. Welcome along, James. Good to have you with us as well. Plenty to chat about today. I'll come to you first, Gordon. Out of 10, how are you feeling about the draw? I feel good. I feel really good. Um, I mean, I think some, something I was That's saying not last a number. night. I, I know. I know. Look, okay. Well, I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you a nine. I'll give you a nine out of ten. Nine. For now, even though I think a rating now is really immaterial. I was saying this to folk last night. I was fortunate, fortunate enough through work to be at Hamden uh, with some with 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 a, with, a, with a crowd of fans for Scotland HQ for a live reaction show. We were all watching the draw together in the Scottish Football Museum. And, you know, I, I was saying to people as soon as the draw was made that, you know, whatever looks like a good draw or a bad draw now, we're that many months away from the tour- tournament kicking off. The amount that will change with form, fitness, availability, etc. What could look good now could turn very bad in a few months time and vice versa. But I think all told, it was a very, it was a very exciting draw because it's an incredibly exciting draw. And I think... I will tell you the the reaction in the room when when we came out and we went into Germany's pot and then the 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 ball came out to put us into the position that would give us the opening game as we had in France '98. There was a real cheer in the room. The, the excitement was really really high for that. So yeah, I think you can't knock it right now. There's certainly a couple of other groups that we can come on to later that we would have really wanted to avoid. I think you've got to be happy with this group. James Gordon says you've got to be happy. Are you? Yeah, I mean, I think when you, like you said, there was there was definitely a selection of teams you could have got where there was, was the dream draw and you got, uh, you know, the easiest team from each pot. But I think realistically, you go into these things saying as long as you don't take a couple of the big hitters, 
teams, you know, like the, you didn't end up in the group of death, you avoid Italy, you've got to be happy with sort of just sort of running down the middle. And, you know, our, our group is that I, I don't look at it and I don't just come back and bite men, like Gordon says, so much can change in between now and then. Mm-hmm. But you look at our group and you say, no one there's hopefully going to turn us over. You know, the pot one team's Germany. They could, you know, suddenly find a, a brilliant vein of form in between now and the tournament, but they're not exactly the Frances and the Englands that, you know, are the teams that personally I was fearing the most. Um, and then you look at the Hungary and Switzerland, and they're two solid nations, but I think the, you, you, you take a little bit of something from the fact that they won't be drawing us thinking, great, we've got Scotland. So it's, uh, yeah, I think it's... it's uh, is is as good or as bad as you could hope for, and I think like when you go to a finals like this, you're not getting an easy draw. Every team's there because they deserve to be. So you got to be happy with it. And at least we're not. We spoke about the potential of getting into pot two with the if we'd beaten Norway in the final group game. If we'd done that, we could well have ended up like the Albanians with Spain, Croatia, and Italy, which really is just an absolute hammer blow for them. Look, if you're after the glamour, fair enough, but. Jeez, oh, yeah. that is a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. There, are, the, the drawing drawing Germany in, in the first game alone. Let's take their form out of the equation, Gordon. Okay, Germany they're yeah. still a European and global powerhouse. They've got great players. I mean, just look at their last uh, international break against they. They got beat by Austria, funnily enough. But in their starting lineup, they had Hummels, Rudiger, Goretzka, Gundogan, Nabry, Julian Brandt, Leroy Sané. These guys are a serious team. They're going through a bad run just now. New manager. Take their form out of the equation. Scotland are opening the tournament. How cool is that? That's, that's ab- absolutely incredible. And, you know, it takes me it takes me all the way back to, to being nine years old and running home from primary school to get home just in time for kickoff in France 98, when obviously we had the, the honour of, uh, of, of, of starting that World Cup against Brazil. And, yeah, I, I think you're right. There's no better way to start a tournament, I feel, than against the host nation, given the fact that they haven't played a competitive game for what will be going on two years. You know, they're not stress tested in a competitive environment. We just don't know how they're going to turn up. How often do you see teams, especially some of the bigger teams, you know, it's always that cliche that teams like to build and build into a tournament. The amount of times that you see a team put in maybe a bit of a lacklustre performance on day one and build into match days two and three. So, I think, frankly, if you're going to get Germany, there's no better time to play them than the first match day. And also, and like you said, just the glamour of knowing that it's the first game of the tournament. Every other team, every other fan in Europe will be watching that game to see how the tournament starts. And it's us opening the show. Like, what better chance to really lay a marker down for the rest of the tournament? Was that something that you thought about before the draw, guys? Did, did the prospect of opening the tournament really cross your minds at all as a as an appetising prospect when you're looking at all the, the different options, James? I mean, I think when you look at the groups, you do think about like, where would the significant moments be? And it's like, if we drew England, that's going to be one of the, again, moments of the groups, because it's a, probably, in my opinion, it's one of the biggest sort of international derbies, if you can call them that, is what you're going to get. Um, but then aside from that, you're looking at other moments that could occur. Being open in the game of the tournament is that moment. Like that, like it's not just the eyes of Europe. The eyes of the world will be on Scotland for that game, and it's such an opportunity, you know. Especially after Euro twenty three, it was our debut again back at international competitions, and it could have gone better. But it was it was a debut, and it was about finding our feet. This is we could lay down a marker here, you know. There's going to be Americans, North and South America, Asia. They're all going to tune in for this, and 
you just never know what Scotland's got this yeah. because it surprised us a few times over the last couple of years now. So you never know. Yeah, it's true. You never know. Germany's form isn't great as as we've just touched on. So we have them on the 14th in Munich. All the games are an 8 p.m. kickoff our time. So 8 p.m. 14th of June, Germany and Munich. And then 19th of June, Switzerland and Cologne. And then the 23rd of June, Hungary and Stuttgart. So it's all kind of down the west side of Germany. I think a good few hours separate Frankfurt and uh, and Munich on the train. I think Frankfurt had been identified as a potential base for quite a few people because it's convenient. I think that's about four hours from Munich, roughly, and then a couple of hours up to Cologne. Uh, and people will be sorting out their, their travel. I'm sure that plenty of people did the whole booking.com thing where you will book and then remove as appropriate once the draw has been made. Yeah, finger raised from you there, James. Absolutely, me too. So I'll get on that tomorrow. Um, but yeah, the look, looking at the other two, so we'll, we'll come to the, them all in more more depth, but Hungary and Switzerland, I put to you, Gordon, that they are in a similar bracket of their own pot as we were. We had Croatia and Holland who were the ones to avoid. There were also easier ones, in my opinion, in our group for opponents to draw. Do you think we're all kind of at a similar level of our relevant pots could have been harder could have been easier for all of us yeah i would i would i would absolutely say that i mean look hungary i think you know if if maybe for more casual fans you might think oh hungary you know obviously the mighty magyars of uh, of of the dim and distant past they were a leading light in European football back then, and then they sort of just disappeared into, into the wilderness for decades. And maybe some people haven't quite realised they've come back yet. But I mean, this is a real serious team. This is a proper team. You know, this is a team that haven't lost a game this year in twenty twenty three. This is a team that went to England in Nations League last year and turned them over four nil in in England. So this is a real proper test. But I like it. I really like the fact that we've drawn them. I think that. It, they're they're a good team in that they will be coming into this tournament probably in the same vein that Scotland are thinking we can make a mark here and we can come and uh, challenge some teams that we're going up against. So I think they will come out and play against us. That's when we tend to play well. It's when a team really comes out and tries to come and beat us. And, you know, you look through their squad and yes, they've got some standout players. Obviously, Dominic Sobsly, who's come from uh, come from Germany to, to Liverpool and settled in very, very quickly in the Premier League is a phenomenal player. But, you know, like they like we do they pick players from from a wide range of different different leagues quite a few players still play back in Hungary and you've got some sprinkled around your sort of kind of maybe more Europa League level clubs across Cal- Europe but this- Callum, Callum Styles Gordon plays for Barnsley centre mid he starts for Hungary yeah. has done quite a lot recently yeah but yeah. you know but this is it like, I think I think what, what you're dealing with here is this is a proper team proper group of players but I think they obviously. I think I think they can be beaten. You know, they're 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 not. They are not a, a team full of world class footballers. They have they have one or two real standouts, as most teams across Europe do. But I think broadly, we we can look at them and think right. We could go and get a result against them. And obviously, the fact that we play them third, that could be the that could be the deciding factor for going through if we've picked up a point or three in the first two games. There's there's no way to sugarcoat it. I think that. Hungary are performing above the apparent sum of their parts, James. If if not not to judge them by the club representation, but I, I am surprised at the form of an international team that contains selections in midfield, so obviously apart from Pisa in Italy, Ferhervar 
in Hungary, Philadelphia Union, Barnsley, MTK Budapest, and Ketchumet, two players from uh, the Hungarian domestic league. I mean, yes, they, they might merge together as, as one magnificent cog, really, in the, in the machine of Hungary. But looking at it, and this is maybe a tad myopic, and yes, Scotland fans, including myself, have been guilty of this. I don't want to go as far and say we should beat them because... Okay, Hungary may have a magnificent manager. They might be on a tremendous run of form and be able to put brilliant performances together regardless of who they play for at club level. But looking at that, it could have been surely a lot worse for us. And we have to view Hungary as an opportunity to really go and seal this group if we have started well in the other two games. Yeah, because I mean, I think one point worth highlighting is I feel like the game's fallen a very favourable order for us like we play Hungary like we play Hungary last game you're hoping that at that point it's a shootout you know what I mean like we're going into the last fixture you, we get Germany at the best point like you said sometimes teams start cold and they have to build up and you know you don't want to be catching Germany in the third game when they're maybe needing a win they need that they need to clinch the top spot so there, there's definitely an opportunity to get something there against Hungary because by the time you come around to face them will know exactly what's needed. You know, the right mobile on the wall at that point. The problem is, like you said, when you look at some of the parts, sometimes, you know, these, what you maybe describe as more bland uh, individuals that appear to play for the smaller teams, they do bind together and create this really good team. And you've got someone like Sobazlai at the right end of the pitch where they can do the damage. That's uh, that's the hard part because well, we've been saying eight, eight years ago. Sorry? Northern Ireland eight years ago, for example. Yeah, exactly. It was Kyle Lafferty, was it not? Back then, that was <laughs> his talent, man. Like, <laughs> so it just goes to show it doesn't need to be a world beater, but um, and you know, like sometimes you have world beaters and it doesn't work out. You've got Norway, they're, you know, they'll be scratching their heads how they never made it here, but um, having the, uh, they're solid nations, that's what they are. But again, that that's what we are. And like I said, I really feel it, it benefits us it'd be the last game of the group and we, we go in and it's, it'll be a straight shoot hopefully at that point and we've, we're still well in the running I think as well uh, you, you, have, you have to look you have to put their put their results this year into some degree of context as well like yes obviously they they they, they won their group in qualifying which, which is very impressive they got you know five wins out of eight but they were in the group with Serbia, Montenegro Lithuania and Bulgaria and they also you know they dropped points in Bulgaria they dropped points in Lithuania they they drew with with Montenegro away from home, so their their home record certainly phenomenally impressive, but their away record this year is maybe not so much. So, again, how is that going to translate into a tournament? How is that form going to continue for the next eight months? We don't know, but uh, yeah, again, I think I'm I'm very comfortable with it. Um, I think the only the only downside again, pe- people were sort of making the argument that you in terms of the ranking of the third place teams because obviously we know that you know so many of the, th- the of the third place teams will go through to the knockouts you might have wanted to be in a later group because then you know for a fact what you need to get coming into your final game to finish the uh, yeah. game yeah. whereas we won't have that we'll be the first team to finish our group so we'll be kind of almost setting the bar for everyone else to then see if they can overcome it'll be a good job we'll finish first or second then Gordon well, exactly. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> but looking at looking at Hungary, they've got a very young squad. The, the, the goalkeepers are all, all into their thirties. But just a, a sample of the, the kind of more forward thinking players. 
Uh, Sobersly is only 23. Then you've got Callum Styles, 23, 21, 21, 23. Another 23-year-old, a 21-year-old going forward as well. Young Hamburg striker called Andras Nemet. Uh, let's have a look anyway. They missed out in squads recently. A midfielder with a lot of caps. Plays for Panathinaikos. Laszlo Kleinheisler. He was injured for the last game. Uh, so I, I suppose he'll be there. He's up uh, 29, actually. But yeah, um, they seem to have a lot of young boys in their squad hungry. I suppose we have been doing that over the piece as well. Hickey, Gilmore, uh, Patterson. I mean, this is that's something that I think we'd have in common with Hungary, to be honest. Um, two teams resurging to hopefully regular, from a Scotland point of view, regular appearances at a, at a national finals. We'll have a look at Germany. They have not had to play any qualification games because of the hosts. So let's have a look at their friendly results Recently, not pretty reading for the Germans. Their last three games, beaten 2-0 by Austria, beaten 3-2 by Turkey, 2-2 draw against Mexico. They did beat France, mind you, in September in a friendly uh, with Thomas Miller and Leroy Sani scoring. Uh, Sani scored a late goal. Where do we stand on the Germans as far as their form goes? Can it be completely disregarded, James, or do we need to look at them in comparison to the other top seeds and forget their status as hosts think that we've done okay yeah it's hard like he said there's definitely an element of hosts having a little bit of an edge due to the crowd you look at France in 2016 and I mean I don't doubt for a fact they probably would have progressed very far in the tournament anyway but like that played a part and Germany will have that going in their favour um but I think when when you look at the top seeds, you're never going to get an easy top seed. Let's just like put a line under that right now. It's a top seed for a reason. But France, England, Portugal, those are the guys I really want to avoid. Germany, they, they you know still hard, but they fall into that bracket just underneath where you're going. You feel like if Scotland on their day put in a good performance like we did against Spain this campaign, we might actually get something. Um, and you, if you don't, it's a top seed. You ride your luck when you can, and you move on to that second game against the Swiss, when you, things really start to count, you know. What about the Swiss? How do you think we've done from top four? They, they have had a, a well, it's, it's a weird year for Switzerland, okay, because until the last game of the qualifying against Romania, they were unbeaten, but they drew more games than they won. So, they drew the three games preceding that against Kosovo, Israel and Belarus. Yet Switzerland are one of these teams that seem to always do pretty well uh, at the World Cup or at the Euros. How do you feel about Switzerland? Yeah, look, I, I think I'm, I'm I'm very comfortable with with Switzerland out of pot four. I know obviously a lot of people were kind of keen to potentially pull one of the one of the playoff sides, but then obviously you're in a real lucky dip without knowing exactly who's coming until until March. I think you know Switzerland sort of I guess. Slightly similarly to us, like they 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 started the Euros qualifying with with three wins in a row, but then very much kind of just stumbled over the line, and that's kind of what's eventually put them down into <clears throat> put them down into into pot four there because of their last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, of their last seven qualifiers, they only won one, and that was at home to Andorra. So I I don't think Switzerland should carry any fear for us whatsoever. I think you look at their team, and again, fine. Some decent players in there, playing playing at decent clubs. Obviously, we all know Jordan Shakiri, we all know Granit Xhaka. But again, I don't, I don't think there's anything to keep us up at night. I think you look at our squad versus their squad in terms of how settled we are, in terms of how well we're playing at club level. And look, 
Switzerland are one of those teams that they always qualify. They're, they're so incredibly consistent at turning up to tournaments, but they can often flatter to deceive. And I think I just I just wouldn't be surprised if that's that's what happens again. I think I think Clark will be absolutely targeting that second game for a win. You know, regardless of what happens in the first game, win that second game, and then we've basically got one foot in one one foot in the knockouts before before we, we play Hungary last up. Switzerland are a Nations League A team. Let's not forget they. They finished third in their last Nations League group. They beat Portugal and Spain in that round robin. So they've they've got a bit about them. That's no secret. It's quite cool, though, to be paired with them again. Our last win at a Euros was against Switzerland. In fact, our last win at a major tournament full stop, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, yep, it was. Yeah. So, yeah, so Switzerland again, and that could be our next win, depending on how the opener goes against Germany and Munich. We have Switzerland next on the 19th in Cologne. I think what something that we seem to have in common with Switzerland is that they they have a bit of a stronghold, regulars. Okay, so Xhaka and Shakiri are way into the distance with their cap count. They, If they were Scottish, they would be the the leading cap holders. But then you've got players on 50 caps, 41 caps, 35 caps, 37, 48, 54, 78. That's Manuela Kanji and Fabian Schaar, good defenders. So these are guys that have been around each other for a while, James. Yeah, even like was that Ricardo Rodriguez is a name I remember from mm. playing FIFA way back in the day. He was a, a, a stronghold at left back for Wolfsburg, and now he's at Torino. But yeah, I mean, I wasn't actually sure when we drew because obviously I was at that draw event yesterday as well. And folk were going, Shakiri, does he still actually kick a ball for the national team? And I'm obviously just looking there at Chicago Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure on his day he's still got an absolute wand up. I think he's, you know, you could you could certainly strike a ball. I wouldn't want to give him space on the edge of the box. Mm-hmm. But remember that overhead kick he scored? Was that in the last Euros, the World Cup? Maybe he scored that was 2016. I think that was Euro, Euro 2016. I think yeah. Was that all the way back then? Yeah. It was yeah. What yeah. Last thing with Switzerland is like you said, they've got a seem to have that wee knack. It is they've been at this level. They've got lots of players that have experienced at this level. They just know how to show up they showed that when they put France out uh, I think it was the last Euros they put them out in the knockouts um, and it was you know incredible because France were one of the team's favourite to win um, and we like last time we didn't have that experience but now we do but again there were no rollovers and, and yeah. it's, it's hard when you when you look at the squad you say they don't have a big name but I'm, again they'll be looking at us probably saying the same thing yeah, I think, I think I think I think I think that's it's very very similar to the way we, we probably would have thought about the Czech Republic at the last Euros, and sure. you're right, James. They brought that big tournament experience. They just knew yeah. what they were doing. They'd been there a bunch of times. They knew what to do, and they kind of handled the occasion better than we did. But I don't have that fear about this, this Scotland team now because what we've done since then, in terms of you know that's two full qualifying campaigns in a row. We've only lost one game in each campaign. And I, I just think this team are built different now. I think they will go into it expecting to win and will will go about their business differently. So, yeah, I, I think, yeah, they, they, they know what they're doing. They've got a lot of experience. They qualify for every tournament, like we said. But I think we we should now be aspiring to be what they have been in recent years. I think more names will jump off the Swiss squad list at us than the Hungarian one. And I think that's pretty sure from, from most Scotland fans. They have... Uh, Zakaria as well is in there. Is that the boy that played for Chelsea for a week? Um, he's at Monaco now. 
Um, Akanji, Fabian Shaw, Rodriguez, as James said, they've got a, Cedric Eaton. I mean, I'm I'm not laughing condescendingly. I'm just I'm surprised to see him there. Uh, Cedric Eaton plays for Young Boys now, former Ranger striker, and there's a guy here forward plays for Burnley, Zeki Amduni, eight caps, six goals. Don't know what the ratio of that is, but he's 22 years old, so he's made a similar sort of start to his international career as Rasmus Hoyland, for example, has for Denmark. They look to have their hands on a good striker there, Switzerland. Um, they do have, was the yes, Harris Seferovic, that's the name I was looking for. So he plays out in, well, I'm not sure what flag it is, but Al Wasal now. And Breel Mbolo, he's another name that I recognise. He's injured. Seferovic is only 31, so he must have been injured as well. But yeah, that's uh, that's Switzerland. What I do know, and you'll have to start thinking about this before you start, genetically... We're behind. We're the, we're the last campaign, we were the second smallest, apart from Spain. So that means we have to pick a team tonight that kind of try and combat the height and strength. Even at that, we couldn't combat the height and strength at set place. So genetically, we have to work at things. I don't know, we get big women and men together, see what we can do. Um, but it is a problem for us because we have to fight harder for every ball and jump higher than anybody else because it's easier for these kind of guys. Guys, can you remember when the draw was being made? Just as it started, our pot, where you wanted us to go? Where, where did Germany and Hungary at that point rank for you. So just a reminder, it was Germany, Hungary, Spain and Albania, England and Denmark, France and Austria, Belgium and Romania, Portugal and Turkey. For me, it was Spain or Al- Spain and Albania or Belgium and Romania were my first preferences and then Germany, Hungary was was next on that. Where, where was it for you, Gordon? Um, oh, do you know, honestly, it's so difficult to say because obviously, because like, like I said, I, I was obviously sort of Kind of working behind the scenes at the the event we were doing, so my my brain was sort of segmenting itself into about a thousand different directions at that stage. I think, look, I, I think you just couldn't like a moth to the flame. You couldn't help but be drawn towards that group with Germany in it, with the host nation, with that the the poetry of being able to play in the opening game as we did in France ninety eight. So, yeah, I, I I yeah, like I said, in in the moment, I don't think I'd fully articulated or fully internalized what all the other groups were looking like but as soon as you see that that you you knew from this very start of the tour, start of the draw that germany sitting there in pot one uh, in uh, in group a was going to be an attractive one so yeah i was i was i was more than happy with it james i suppose pot four had the capacity to change everything because if we had been drawn in with spain and albania for example and then out popped italy as they did from pot four the complexion is turned upside down but if you look at it only with the first and second seeds drawn. Do you, do you remember where you fancied heading? Yeah, I think when it lined up, obviously the Belgium and who was the other one? That one Romania. So Belgium and Romania was popping out and as was like the Spain just nationally because we got mm-hmm. a result against them in the qualifying campaign has passed and because Albania unfairly maybe given they topped their group but they they are on, like just 
surely through gut feeling the weaker side out of that pot. Um, and I certainly felt like that was the consensus around the room as well. And I don't know, Gordon might, you, you might remember this as well, but like when we got drawn in that group, because I think underneath those two, I think Germany was the, 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 the first group was probably the preference after that. It was an authentic cheer that went around the room when we got drawn. The, the, yeah, I think it was a genuine happiness that we had. It wasn't just a cheer because Scotland came out of the pot. People were happy we were in that group. And then, <laughs> to be honest, as soon as as soon as soon we came out, I think everyone was just like, well, we're going to be opening game. I bet that's what comes out, just the way it's working <laughs> out. And, and then it came out and again, there was another cheer. But I think I think everyone was quite happy with it because, like like you said, it could it all change with Italy coming out of the pot and that, that, that changes everything. Um, yeah. France, it wasn't. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't quite the same, was it? Though when when Switzerland came out, because it was kind of like a oh 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, <laughs> obviously, everyone's just saying not Italy, not Italy. Anyone but yeah. Italy. I was. I was. I was standing next to James. I was. I was trying to convince him from a probability perspective by being the first. <laughs> we had theoretically the lowest chance of drawing Italy because there was the most teams to pull out. I don't think he agreed with me from a mathematical perspective, but. Yeah, it, we were all very much adamant, not Italy. I, like I said, I think a lot of people would have wanted a playoff team, but and Switzerland was just kind of, oh, all right. Because, like I said, Switzerland are just sort of, they're always there, but they don't ever seem to do much of anything at tournaments. So, apart from fine, France, I guess. Well, apart yeah. from that. <laughs> but, yeah. 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 The, the, the tension was somewhat taken out of it, wasn't it? I mean, if, if in our pot, if four teams or so had been drawn before us and it's down to us the last two and it's going to be either Belgium and Romania or Portugal and Turkey for me there's a clear winner there where we'd rather be so just to get drawn straight from the hat and we go with the hosts in Hungary yeah fine no qualms with that at all the uh, the fourth seed if we had been given Italy would have turned the frown uh, sorry the uh, the smiles upside down if Italy had come out of course uh, and I, I would not have enjoyed Serbia either I would just like to, to make that clear not interested in Serbia again <laughs> the, the the managers of the opposition were all interviewed after it I think it must have been Jane at BBC that had a word with Julian Nagelsmann and Marco Rossi and Murat Yakin so Julian Nagelsmann said this about Scotland they defend brilliantly good on the counter attack with good players it'll be an emotional first game for both sets of fans fairly accurate Marco Rossi of uh, Hungary, physical team, aggressive, strong defensively when they have to be. So he, he was quite quick to clarify that. He wasn't saying that we were a defensive team that sit back, just that when we need to be solid, we we are normally. And he said that Hungary will need to be on the top of their game to to win that one. And Murat Yakin, I, I don't know if the, the clip that I watched was, was just short or it had been cut. All that I saw Murat Yakin say was, nice team to play against, happy with that. Did he say anything else? I've not, I've not, I've not seen it. I've not seen much of it, much of anything else. Um, yeah. But look, look I, th- I think if you take if you take all those quotes in the in in the whole from them, I, I think what it shows is that you know we we're building a reputation across Europe. You know, and I think we we often like to think of ourselves. We are trying to sort of shake off the doldrums of the the glorious failure era. Some take a bit more shaking than others, but we are getting to that point where we think we've said it before in this podcast that we must be a horrible team to play against. And I think that's what you're starting to see reflected back in these managers. They're saying, yeah, Scotland, yeah, they're, they, 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 they're not a fun team to go play. Like they will be physical. They will be aggressive. They will give you a really, really hard game. They're, and I think 
in years past, you know, in our younger Tartan Army careers, we were probably a bit of a soft touch for teams across Europe that they know they knew they could come over and bully us a little bit. And I think what this shows you those 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 days are long gone, and I don't think those teams would have fancied playing us at all. Well, this this is said without uh, an ounce of irony. This is just for interest, okay? Because I'm certainly not getting ahead of myself, but this is the permutations or the lay of the land for the last 16 matches. <laughs> so runner-up of our group plays the runner-up of Group B. That's the one with Spain, Croatia, Italy and Albania. So if we finish second, we would be playing one of them. If we win Group A, we'll play the runner-up of Group C, which is the group with England, Denmark, Slovenia and Serbia. And then if we finish third, then it's the usual multitude. You can play the winner of Group B, which is the Spain one I just mentioned, F, which is Belgium's, you know, which is uh, Portugal okay, and Turkey's group, and then Group E as well, actually. So yeah, Belgium and Romania and Slovakia with the playoff with a playoff winner from Group B, which is Israel probably or Ukraine. So yeah, uh, those are the situations facing Scotland. But yeah, let's try and get past Germany and Hungary first to give us a good fighting fighting chance against. Uh, no, no, Switzerland. Uh, Germany and Switzerland to give us a good fighting chance against Hungary in the last game in Stuttgart. Have you been to any of these stadiums before, lads? Cologne, Munich, or Stuttgart? I haven't. I've I've always I've always wanted to go to the Allianz. I've always thought, you know, just of of just an incredible modern stadium that just looks incredible from the inside and out. I've always wanted to go there, um, and then of course when you look at Cologne, the local fans there they sing. Their 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 club song is to the is to the is to the song of Loch Lomond. So there's real Scottish connections there as well. Yeah, I mean, oh, sorry, James, when you go. I was just going to say for me, I'm a when I saw Munich line up as opening the game, I'm a Rafe fan, and uh, we've got, <laughs> nice. so I was like, and that obviously way before my time, but I was like, oh, you know what, that's such a nice touch. The first time I'm ever going to see Scotland and Nash in a finals. I'm yeah. like Munich and like you know, it's, it's a bit full circle. But I'm um, like you said, Gordon, it's just the spectacle. Everything about it's gonna be perfect. We just need the result to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to oh sorry, go on, go on. No, 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 you you first, Andy. No, I've I've been to a Cologne game, so I've I've seen them sing that anthem. It was a it was a crap game, they drew nil nil with Werder Bremen, but me and the boys went on a we German football trip a few years ago. And yeah, when we were talking to the fans outside, you know, they all um, have a quite a good fan culture pre-game, the hot dogs and the beers and everything. And yeah, when the the people that we bumped into found out we'd come over from Scotland, they were they were so happy and, and welcoming to to be able to share with us what their relationship with that song is, and they were hoping that we'd appreciate it and enjoy it. So yeah, lovely group of guys. I'm sure we'll give them a text when we're back over next time. But the Clone Stadium is is great. It's it's a it's not an enclosed stadium. I think it's it's like four stands, although it's still massive. It's it's kind of more like kind of Villa Parky um, in shape rather than like a, a rounded stadium. But it's, uh, it's it's really cool. And then yeah, I think as you say, Gordon Munich, uh, Munich the Allianz Arena is absolutely great. And Stuttgart Stadium, ironically, is the one that people always flag up when talking about Hamden yeah. redevelopment. So <laughs> we'll, we'll maybe get a take we'll notes. Get a, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll get a. Uh, a view of what it would be like if Hamden was redeveloped and I'm sure the SFA will as well, they'll be in attendance. So if the money can ever be found for that, then they've got a, a good blueprint, I'm sure, to to go and have a look at. So 
Yeah, that is the group, guys. If there's anything else that is on your mind, I think we've covered them all to a decent degree here. Germany, Hungary, Switzerland. Is anything else popping up for you? Yeah. I just, I just, I just, just can't wait. Just can't wait. And it's, it's nice to also see some, some players coming back as well. I know we'll, we'll really crack into this in new, in the new year, but Angus Gunn was back this weekend and Craig Gordon last night was saying he's due back in the first team potentially next week, if not the week after. So yes, just nice to see some positive injury news. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Kim has been back training as well, which is good to see. He's been back on the bench. Aye. Uh, or was he back, back on the, the bench? That's yeah. For me, I'm like that's actually a little bit early. I'm like give it a couple a couple more weeks <laughs> here, and then start. You know, because he does he does seem to he does seem to have the worst luck with injuries. And you know, yeah. I'm being injured right now. I was almost kind of like that's actually all right because you know, hopefully he's just building back up into the the late season, and then we see where that leaves us. Remember, remember last time when it was just before COVID delayed everything. We were going to go into the semi final without Tierney. McGinn and McTominay, who all got injured over the festive period, and if it hadn't, if the games hadn't been delayed, we would have been missing them all. And then, thankfully, they were all fit yeah. and, and able to play when the games eventually came round in the November. Was it the October November? Yeah, yeah. That, that was a real stroke of luck, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Gordon, we, I, well, I hope you're up for it. I mean, we'll we'll try and get a, a regular team together for the on the plane series, which we'll do again in the build up to the tournament. We did it for the last Euros. Have a look at the boys that seem to be guaranteed a seat in a squad of twenty three. There's probably, I would say, already nineteen of them, maybe even twenty guys that are definitely going to go if they're fit. Um, but we'll do the on the plane series. It's always a bit of fun. Guys that are definitely going to go. Guys that should hope to go. That might wonder if they'll go and then guys that won't go, etc. Uh, so we'll, we'll do that on a probably monthly basis from January onwards. We'll also keep the regular updates coming about how the guys are doing domestically. So the London Dykes scored a couple of goals the other night. Kevin Nisbet is getting on the score sheet at Millwall, which is good. So we'll stay across about how all the boys are doing. Louis Ferguson out in Italy, etc. And we have a couple of player interviews coming soon as well. We've got a campaign review and get a few people on to talk about the campaign that we've just had and then I've recorded an interview with a former player which I'll put up before Christmas as well which should be good Good to get back to the the reason that this podcast started Gordon before you and Ben infiltrated it with your <laughs> opinions and debate style pods <laughs> so yeah um, those are to come and a couple more things just to round off please I know I've been saying it every pod, but it's it's proving more and more important. If you're enjoying it, please leave us a kind rating because that helps push the pod into the eye line of people that might not discover it otherwise if they're listening to similar things, etc. So that would be much appreciated if you could rate, review or subscribe, etc. I think we're, with the Scotland team doing well, I'm seeing more and more listeners, which is excellent and I really appreciate it. So if anyone can keep doing that, that'd be uh, really helpful. Uh, with Christmas coming up, I want to again flag up my book, A Nation Again. If you know anybody that is a Scotland fan, or if you naturally listening to this podcast are a Scotland fan and are looking for a gift from somebody, it, my book, A Nation Again, it charts the journey to the last Euros. It starts when Gordon Strachan left and it culminates with the shootout in Belgrade. Spoke to loads of the squad for it. Really honest review of how things proceeded and went down over that couple of year stretch. So if you're interested in reading that, 
please bear that in mind. And tomorrow night, well, by the time this goes out, it'll be tonight. So Monday, the 4th of December, I've got a sports quiz at Walkabout in Glasgow City Centre. I'm hosting it. And a few listeners have come along recently over the last few months and won it, £60 bar tab. So if you're after a few casual drinks or a wee few Christmas drinks with your pals, grab one or two of them and come along for the Hamden Roark Sports Quiz, which would be delightful to see a few of you there and try and win the money again and put it towards a couple of the £2.50 tenants that they have uh, walkabout doing their promo for them. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, everything tied up from our ends. Gordon, pleasure to have you on as always. James, lovely to meet you and thanks very much for coming on and looking forward to more of these over the next few months. Podcast Network.